guys, it's Lisa, and you are listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is July 24th, 2020. Welcome to episode 23, and I'm so excited we made it to the fourth of my four-part attachment series. We are actually going to get into secure attachment. We are going to talk about what it is, how it feels, and then how to take care of it once you have it. And if you guys have been listening, um, like I said, this is uh, the fourth edition of a four-part series I've been doing. And I saved this one for last because on the previous three episodes, if you've been listening, you know I've been talking about attachment styles and patterns that we fall into as adults that aren't typically working and they don't make for healthy relationships or secure attachments. So today we're going to get into what it should look like. You've acknowledged what's not working, you're working through it, you're being patient and compassionate with yourself. And so today we're going to make it to the finish line and say, what should a good relationship look like? But before we get into that, let's get over to the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's next? empty nexters so today's question is from episode 22 where I spoke about dismissive avoidant attachment style and the question is hi Lisa my girlfriend tends to shut down when she's upset and won't talk to me no matter how hard I try I'm trying to be supportive and patient but I don't know when to push and when not to what do you think And I think that this is, first of all, a really great question because it's really tough when you're discussing something or you get into a disagreement and your partner just shuts down and doesn't tell you why they're shutting down. Do they need space? Do they not know what they need? Do they not know what they're thinking? And so it's really hard to be a mind reader. I'm sure it's frustrating. But the first thing I want to remind you is that if she's dismissively avoidant attaching, Remember that those type of attachers don't want to prioritize their feelings or romantic relationships over themselves and their hobbies because they've been taught that feelings are low on the totem pole. They shouldn't feel things. So that means that she's not prioritizing your relationship, which then also means you, I would recommend that you've got a responsibility to say something to her to the effect of, You know, you shutting down and not talking to me makes me feel really disconnected from you. And we've been together X amount of months, say six months, however long you've been together. And I want to know when you'll be ready to open up. So you shift that responsibility back to her, making sure that you're speaking factually and not feelings. Because remember, dismissive avoidant attachers don't do super great with feelings. So keep it, stick to the facts. And keep it simple and say, this is what I need. This is what's important to me. When are you going to be ready to give that? And I would say also, I'm just going to go out on a limb here though and say without knowing the the total history here and just reading your question, I can tell you that a lot of times when people shut down, when things get difficult or she's upset, She sounds like she's not comfortable sharing her feelings. And so when she's upset, she just might go inward and shut down, which could be a sign of somebody who's anxiously attaching. And what she does is she's holding things in for fear of not being perfect or fear of showing a flaw and maybe you won't like her. So she could just be really uncomfortable with not being, quote, perfect. 
Um, either way, no matter what the reason is, the important thing to remember is that it's not working for you and you can't build a secure connection with somebody who won't talk to you. So it's your responsibility to say what you need and why that's important to you. And then it's her responsibility as your partner to listen and then tell you what she needs to maybe open up to feel safer opening up. Remember, you each have a responsibility to yourselves and the relationship in order to continue to make it grow. I hope that helps. If you guys have questions, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. And I'm always open to feedback on the podcast. Let me know what show topics you'd like to hear. Let me know what you'd need some support with. Email me your questions or direct message me there. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today's topic, secure attachment. Whew, we made it. It's a big one, and I feel like it's kind of an elusive one because a lot of us fumble around and stumble around with really crappy relationships, relationships that we thought were going to last forever, and we don't understand why they didn't or why this person cheated or why we're not enough, and all of these terrible things that we have to feel and go through. And I can tell you that I am one of the number one offenders of unhealthy relationships, And um, it took me a long time to figure it out. It took me a long time to connect to my worth, to connect to and believe in what I needed and also look for that in somebody else, not just hope and wish that they're going to change. And I actually said this to a friend just a couple of days ago. We were having lunch and she said one of our other sort of mutual friends was talking about wanting to break up with her boyfriend. And she talks about that pretty consistently I would say like every other month or so she talks about why she wants to break up with them and when or him and when she gives the reasons as to why she wants to break up with him I always kind of sit back and and in my mind I think so to be clear you're breaking up with him because the he's the exact same person you met (laughs) and he hasn't changed and I think she's secretly hoping for him to change or become this person um that is different on some level and on in some ways I feel bad for the guy and in a lot of ways I feel bad for her because she's just really not connected to what she's worthy of and she's such a kind beautiful person and I hope that she finds it within her to connect to what she's worthy of and understand that ending this relationship is probably a healthy thing for both of them because they both deserve somebody that can love and accept them as they are. So, you know, and with that being said, my point with that is that relationships are hard and I've said that a million times, but there are things that we can be aware of and acknowledge that can help us to find a lasting, secure connection. And the first thing I want to say is that a secure attachment in a healthy relationship involves two people bringing the best version of themselves to the table meaning that healthy, secure relationships are not 50-50. It drives me nuts when I hear people say relationships are 50-50. Relationships are 100-100, which means that each person brings a responsible, best version of themselves to the table. That doesn't mean they're perfect. That means on a day that they need somebody to maybe kick in a little extra 20, that person has it to give because they've already put the work in on themselves to feel confident and secure. It is a give and take, but each person's responsible for being the best version of them. And again, I want to be clear, that doesn't mean everybody's perfect, 
And what I mean by that is that you've got to maintain a connection with yourself. And no matter how serious a relationship gets, I always want you being mindful of maintaining a connection with yourself first and foremost so you can maintain a healthy connection with your partner. And I think a lot of times we often hear about, I I see it all over Instagram and Facebook and a lot of different um, social media sites where it says you can only meet somebody as far as you've met yourself. And I 100% agree with that. And I think though there's another kind of layer to carve out and talk about on top of that, which means that you have to maintain a connection with yourself to maintain a healthy relationship. And that means tolerating time alone. That means looking at what triggers you, what activates your emotions. It means sitting with your own thoughts and feelings and making sure that you prioritize the inner connection to yourself, making sure you're responsible for your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and needs that you're not relying on somebody else to tell you what you should be feeling. Because just as a romantic relationship ebbs and flows and grows, hopefully over time, it's the same thing with yourself. And it's throughout all phases of your life, good times, bad times, confusing times, you have to love and accept and connect with yourself first before you're ever truly going to connect with somebody else. And it's when people struggle with this or they're not prioritizing that connection that actually your closest relationships, boyfriends and girlfriends, start to suffer because the things that show up when you have time alone allow you an opportunity to address those, take responsibility for those, work on those, and then come to the table ready to grow and love and share those with your partner the things that you don't address in the in your alone time or that you just let go and let that connection slide, those are the things that are going to sh- start to show up in what I call your intimate spaces or relationships. So those unaddressed things are going to start to come out as unhealthy patterns or ways that you're communicating with your partner that you're not going to like. So maintaining a connection with yourself allows you to process and take responsibility with for yourselves. And it kind of draws like a line between you and them, but it's a healthy line because it's creating a space for a deeper connection to you, which means that you can be way more deeply connected to your partner. You are in, you can be in the present moment. You can say, I'm good. I've taken care of myself today. How can I take care of you? You can give what you have. And it's got to be the same for your partner, right? This isn't just work that you do on your own and hope for the best with your partner. You Both should prioritize a connection to yourselves. And that's not selfish. That is smart. And that's something that I think a lot of times we forget. We put so much work into ourselves and then we just kind of assume that other people are doing the same thing. You've got to sit back and watch a little bit and make sure the person you're getting involved with is doing the same thing. They've got to do their own work. You can't do it for them. And yes, relationships should create joy and this basic need for human connection and all of those wonderful romantic things that we love to feel. They should not, however, make you happy So or complete you. That drives me nuts too. You complete me. And yes, I love the movie Jerry Maguire. I love it, love it, love it. However, in real life, a person shouldn't really complete you. And 
while relationships can fulfill some of our deepest needs for a connection and intimacy, they are exciting and they're fun and it's truly a gift. They're not going to make you happy if you're struggling with yourself or your struggle because that struggle is going to follow you into the relationship. Those insecurities, that lack of confidence, that's going to follow you right in. And that work is always going to be yours on an individual level. Always. Does that mean your partner can't pick you up when you're down and support you and encourage you? Absolutely not. I want you to have a partner that can do that. But that really deep connection to yourself of knowing your worth and being comfortable with your thoughts and feelings and needs, that's an inside job, guys. And you do yourselves, I mean, basically a disservice when you assume that love or a relationship will change that feeling of inadequacy or that feeling of loneliness because when you first meet somebody it's all chemicals it's all dopamine and adrenaline and it's exciting and it convinces you that that can happen this person can complete me I can be happy I just needed a relationship which is why some people get addicted to just starting relationships and then and then leaving because once the chemicals wear off a couple of months in it's not quite as exciting But once you pass that chemical phase of that adrenaline and dopamine, there you are at that lonely, insecure place again if you've not been meeting yourself and connecting with yourself. And it becomes way more apparent when you are trying to have an intimate connection with somebody because you haven't met yourself fully. You're not connected to yourself fully. And until you're ready to accept that that is inner work that you've got to do throughout the course of an entire relationship, throughout the course of your entire life, that's how you start to get stuck in these unhealthy dynamics. And then it's these patterns that you repeat over and over and you say, why can't I ever find a nice guy? Why do I always find guys who are emotionally unavailable or who have commitment issues? Well, it's because you're not confident about what you're worthy of what you want in a relationship and so when you meet somebody who's emotionally unavailable I think on some level you probably see it as a challenge or you think oh they'll change or you know they didn't really mean that yes they do and I'm not saying that you can't heal both in and out of relationships but it means that I don't want you assuming that the relationship itself is going to heal you or complete you It's not fair to put that kind of pressure on somebody else because that's always going to be your work. Just bottom line, that's always going to be your work. And that that being said, when you are in a relationship, as I've said annoyingly too much probably this podcast, you're responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and emotions and what you do with them. And that means that you can fully accept somebody else too, right? And commit to them. You're also comfortable in setting boundaries for their behavior. So you can love your person. You can accept that they have things they need to work on. You can love them unconditionally, love them for who they want to be because that acceptance, that acceptance is what we all crave in a relationship. You should give it to your partner. They should give it to you. You know, and it, it, I think it fulfills a really deep, basic human need to be seen, to be valid, and to be heard. And when that need is filled, that feels really safe and comfortable. And 
very freeing, right? You feel like you want to be the best version of yourself. It inspires you. And, you know, there it's almost like you don't even realize how much you crave it until you have it. And I would say that acceptance of your person and their flaws and what they need to work on is wonderful, but make sure that they're responsible for that work. You can, you know, one of the things a friend said to me a while ago, and it's always stuck with me, how well aware are you of your baggage and what are you doing to make sure it doesn't affect our relationship? Because that's really the bottom line. I'm not saying everyone needs to be perfect and you certainly don't have to accept less than or somebody who can identify what their growth areas are but they're not doing anything about it because it's ultimately going to affect your relationship adversely. The first step to changing something is acknowledging it but then you've got to put action steps into it. You can love and support somebody through their times of growth and I hope that they do that for you but never at the expense of your own mental health. And I think it's really easy sometimes to see our partner's flaws or see what we think they need to work on. And then it's also normal, because I've been preaching it, to value your own feelings about it. And it's, you know, it's in a, it's in a, I guess, a desire to be heard and to feel confident. And it's also sometimes almost kind of satisfying to hear it from friends or family or whoever's supporting you. Like, oh yeah, they totally need to work on this. But the problem is that a lot of couples just get stuck there and they never move into that growth phase that I talk a lot about. So setting boundaries and speaking up about things and lovingly and and softly bringing things to your partner's attention that they may not see so clearly, that's actually a really healthy thing. That's okay. And assuming that if your person makes all of those changes and does everything that you see wrong, that your relationship is going to be healed and perfect, not healthy. Um, because and that what that does is that kind of makes you um, not responsible for you and puts it all on them. Because what that means is that you're not paying attention to your role or your growth areas as well. And that's not healthy. So obviously criticizing, attacking, shaming, making fun of, berating, mocking, all of those things, so unbelievably unhealthy. And seeing your partner as the full issue or it's totally them that needs to change, that's the issue. That's never okay. Relationships take two people. And, you know, we can allow our partners to influence us, but influence is... For example, valuing an opinion or sitting with it and feeling the sense of how it makes us feel, but taking responsibility where we can grow from it. That's what you guys should be doing with each other is discussing things, never being disrespectful, never making fun of, never mocking, never pointing out inadequacies or things you'd like to see changed in a negative or derogatory way. It means speaking up from a place of love and support And the couples that do well and move past this area of, I guess, arguing or disagreeing are the couples that make a commitment to grow together. It's the couples that can take responsibility for themselves individually and say, what can I do better for my, my partner today and what can I do better for myself today? And 
It's really about being accountable as individuals so you can come together and grow and make each other feel loved and secure and safe. And it's way easier said than done. But anything that feels chaotic and toxic probably is. And that's not a secure connection. You've got to trust your gut. And the other thing that we talk a lot about is that we need to get really honest with ourselves and being able to see somebody's wounds, right, as why they're acting the way they are. So if you think your partner, say, is anxiously attaching or fearfully avoiding, being able to identify that is definitely very important because it gives you a little perspective or a little window into why you shouldn't take maybe their behavior personally because it says more about them than it does you. And I think it also allows you to open up and say, gosh, I kind of feel bad for my person. That being said, though, seeing those wounds as just an excuse for their behavior or turning a blind eye to their behavior is essentially codependency. And it's enabling that behavior because you've got to understand that having compassion and love and empathy for your partner that's struggling is very important. Understanding why someone behaves the way they do, also very important. But using it as an excuse to let them treat you in a toxic way and not take responsibility for themselves is never okay. And I feel like there's a lot of talk about creating softness around people and their behavior, people that don't serve us, setting boundaries, things like that. But honestly, I think more so we need to talk about where your accountability is in setting boundaries and honesty around what's happening. Because if you cannot integrate the wounds and behavior as self-destructing, if they're not doing anything about it, that's going to put you into codependence and survival mode. And codependency is a learned thing. A lot of people learned it through their family dynamics and a lot of people saw unhealthy behaviors and then disregarded those behaviors because the person was, say, a really good person or going through a rough time or that wasn't their intention and it allowed the family to remain connected. But basically what it did is taught us how to bypass boundaries and stick around for behavior that's not serving. And so on some level, I think a lot of us as kids learned that staying connected was more important, even if it was destructive. And I'm telling you, I think that that's wrong. And if that rings true to you, I want you to be really gentle with yourself and understand that this is just a pattern that you need to unravel. And where your accountability lies is in saying, I can support you and love you through your time of growth and what you're working on, but not at the expense of my own mental health not at the expense of my self-esteem. And until you do your work, I'm going to go over here. Um, or I'm going to, you know, set a boundary and say, I just can't, I just can't do this right now. And that's a lot easier said than done. However, it really goes back to connecting with yourself and what you need. And a lot of times we hear, well, that says a lot more about them than it does you. Which a lot of times is very true, but don't forget that you have a responsibility to yourself to put yourselves in situations that are healthy and safe. And 
you've got a responsibility to take a look at your role in the behavior and understand if it's something you need to set a better boundary with or if it's something you need to walk away from. Because accepting someone, yes, sometimes you stay and you love and you accept and you grow in that. However, sometimes accepting means it's time for you to go and saying, I really accept this, but I'm going to accept it from afar as you work on it. I'm not going to judge you or make you feel bad for it. I'm just going to say that this isn't for me. And that's okay. Give yourself the freedom to do that. And the last point, one of the last points I kind of want to make about secure attachments is that I think we've got to come to a place where we start to understand that love is a process and it's something that ebbs and flows. I think I've always said that love is a verb. You know, when I hear and I ask couples, well, why do you stay together? And they say, oh, well, I love him. What does that mean? Love is a verb. What are you guys doing to make a connection, to form an emotional connection? And how has that love been neglected? And it really is a process. And it's difficult to create um, an active process of love if we're not mindfully choosing it over and over again because that's what love is. You find a person that you want to forgive, that you want to talk to, that you want to walk forward with. You want to turn toward them rather than turn away. You push through the discomfort of past traumas and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to this because I'm worthy of it and so are they. And really it's about two people who make a conscious choice to be responsible for themselves but also continually choose to come back to one another. And it really is, it's a beautiful thing. And if you give yourself the grace to go through the stages of a relationship, I think you'll find a lot of beauty in it. And something I always tell couples that I counsel is you don't marry who you love, you marry who you grow with. And really letting that growth be the strength that connects you Knowing what you want and need and being able to communicate that with your partner is your responsibility. Your responsibility. They have a responsibility to do that for you as well. And then you find joy in meeting your partner's needs. That's what it is, guys. You choose yourself first. You learn and connect with yourself first. And then you grow with somebody who also chooses you over and over you know, relationships should be something that you laugh in, that you embrace, that you create an environment of acceptance and you commit to growing in love not just saying the words which means that sometimes we grow up sometimes we grow apart sometimes our needs and our our wants change and it's all about going to your partner and being able to talk about that and finding a compromise or a situation that works for both of you because remember if you're disagreeing Or if someone wins, then don't forget that that means your person loses. And I don't think in a real secure relationship you ever really strive to have your person lose. You don't want them to feel bad. You want the goal for to be for both of you to win for it to be a give and a take some days you're at your best some days you're not which means some days they are and some days they aren't it's a give and take but it's so important to acknowledge your wounds from the past and empower yourself to heal 
and move forward worthy of love. Move forward worthy of a love that is secure in honesty and respect, shared values, and always, always, always my favorite laughter. Find the cliche, find your friend, find somebody you can laugh with and be yourself. That is where the magic happens and that is a secure attachment. It's not perfect, it's perfectly flawed because it's something that you and your person make a conscious choice to create. So there's secure attachment, guys. If you've got questions, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. Up next on, on my next episode, I'm actually going to be talking about grief, the stages of grief and how to process that and what how it looks so different for everybody. I think in these trying times right now, it's definitely a needed subject, um, some needed information and some needed love and support. So have a wonderful weekend. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And don't forget, today is a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya.